welcome to the first ever episode of Not D&D. This is a show where we talk about tabletop RPGs that are not Dungeons and Dragons. Thank you very much for coming along today. Uh, my name is Jessica Hancock. I'm the host of the show. And today we have a very special guest with us. Uh, Morris, would you like to introduce yourself? Special is a strong word. <laughs> well, I have to say that because you're my boss. So. That, is, that is technically true, yeah. Yeah, so um, I'm Morris, um, a.k.a. Russ, or Russ, a.k.a. Morris, and um, I run a tabletop role-playing game news website called EN World. Um, I run EN Publishing, uh, which produces the Awfully Cheerful Engine, Level Up, Advanced Fifth Edition, and other things. Um, and I do other things, too. I do other things, too, many other things, but there are a couple of the things that I do. <laughs> okay, excellent. Um, as some of you watching will know, so EN Live, which is uh, what no, Not D&D streams on, um, is kind of part of EN World and EN Publishing, which is why we had Russ on for the first episode, so we can just talk a little bit about ourselves and introduce ourselves. Each week we'll be having different guests, though, so we're talking about um, different indie RPGs that aren't ones that we produce. Uh, but this week we will be talking about um, games that we produce here. This one here. Just wait, I know you're excited, Russ. <laughs> um, so as we go through, uh, I've got all the comments here. So we're streaming across uh, Facebook, Twitch, YouTube. So if you're on any of those and you want to have a little chat, um, just leave a comment and a question and we'll be able to put it up on the screen and we'll be able to show it uh, to things like this. Uh, thank you very much, John. We've also been looking forward to this too. So if you have any questions, pop them in and we'll just uh, talk them as we go. So uh, getting into the meat of things, there's a question that I want to get into first is the show is called Not D&D. Russ, mm. why do you hate Dungeons and Dragons? <laughs> you... <laughs> See, I am like probably like the world's biggest D&D fan. Like, <laughs> okay. The last Prove 20 it. years. Of... Right. I spent the last 20 years of my life reporting news on Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. And I decided to do that 20 years ago when, let's, let's just say, I was not making money from doing that at all. It was That's uh, shocking. It, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was like, the biggest D&D fan in the world. So I ran a D&D news website for many, many years, enthusiastically following up every single, like going through third edition, 3.5, fourth edition, fifth edition. So, yeah, I'm the opposite of a person that hates d and I'm a massive, massive D&D nerd. And uh, also, someone pointed out, we also... Uh, publish uh, some 5e products as well uh, mm. so we have uh, insider which is the monthly uh, so weekly uh you get your D uh, D content uh you can subscribe to that on there and we also have a uh, level up as well and also mm. other 5e things like mythological mythological yeah. figures but i'm not going to talk about that a lot because this is not D, &D so we're not going to talk about those products we're going to talk about other different products um but i did just want to get out there that we don't hate uh D, &D at no, all we, we um, D &D. absolutely don't i myself uh really enjoy D, &D. i'm in a campaign uh, that we've been in for i think coming up to four years now and i think i see uh my gm there so i'm going to be on very good behavior talking <laughs> about it um, but yeah so i've been in that uh, in that campaign for years so i've played that a lot as well so really enjoy it but um i just really enjoy loads of other rpgs and i think um dnd has grown in popularity and, and rpgs the whole industry in the last few years which is great um but i kind of want to showcase uh, other games so people can try other things because you know variety uh spice of life and all that i guess <laughs> what's some cheesy quote <laughs> 
uh, anyway, but getting uh, don't badmouth the GM. Yes, that's absolutely right. Someone commented. Yes, that's. I think my character might get killed if I do that or something bad might happen. <laughs> Who knows? Um, but yeah. So um, yeah. So getting into the meat of what we're talking about today. So today we are talking about uh, an RPG, um, awfully cheerful engine. Uh, which we have at EM Publishing. But before we get into that, I wanted to dig in a little bit more, uh, Russ, into your kind of background uh, with RPGs. So you gave us a brief little summary there. But mm -hmm. when did you start playing role-playing games? Were you Did you play, like, for, yes. you know, before the internet existed, back in the <laughs> olden times? or I'm only 21, so that's impossible. But... Wow. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, when I was, like... 11 i think when i just started secondary school mm -hmm. um that is when i and my friends started playing D, &D at lunch times uh -huh. so we were playing ad and d first edition at the time first edition, first that is, edition. that's very retro i know i know is that when people uh thought that you were gonna like summon satan or something if you were playing that well, i never experienced any of that <laughs> okay <laughs> i think i think that was more in the u.s okay I personally never experienced any of that. I think a lot of people did think I was just a giant, you know, nerd because I was playing D&D, &D, but that's about as bad as it Were got. they wrong? Were they wrong? Yeah, not wrong. I'm very proud <laughs> to be a giant. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Okay, great. So you started playing when you were like 11, and when did you start working in the industry? So I think you said about 20 years um, that you started uh, so, doing the end Oh, in my early 20s, I guess. Mm -hmm. So... Um, yeah, so I, I started running the end world so that would have been nine, yeah, about 2000, 2001, something like that, or 99, mm. somewhere around there anyway, at the beginning of the century. So I started running EN World then, and that was kind of reporting on D&D um, third edition news, and it was like D20 system news, which is like all the big sort of third party stuff yeah. for D&D at the time. So I was, that was basically my main gig at the time. And we started EN Publishing, which at the time was called Natural 20 Press. We changed the name later. Probably 2001, 2002, maybe. Um, but back then, it was really was. It was like a side gig. It was a hobby. It was, you know, the end publishing wasn't making enough money to pay, like, you know, your salary, for example, back then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, that wouldn't have been an option back then. Mm -hmm. um, and, of course, all the things like Twitch and Facebook didn't exist and Twitter didn't exist. and The internet so, was the, new. Well, the internet existed. <laughs> but, but social media didn't. So, um, yeah, so, um, yeah, so I guess like forums, like the Ian World Forum was mm -hmm. social media at the time. It kind of yeah. predated Facebook and Twitter is how people came together and talked about D&D &D. and still is, mm -hmm. you know, it's still here 20 years later and still going strong and it's still a popular forum, which I'm kind of amazed about because I really didn't think it would last that long, but it has. Oh, really? Well, you know, you think technology changes, things change. Are forums still going to exist in 20 years' time? Answer, yes, apparently they do. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, who, who knows? I mean, you know, maybe they'll still be around in another 20 years. I don't know. We'll find out, I guess. Well, for me, I find the forums really useful because sometimes whenever I, if I just uh, Google or generic mm. search engine of your choice, um, uh, something to do with like definitely D&D &D or something, usually someone's asked that question on the EM World Forum. So it pops up on there so I can just get the answer there if mm. someone in my party doesn't already know, which they normally do. Um, but yes, okay. So you started with EM World and then EM Publishing is, is kind of grown into this bigger thing. When did you, when were you able to go full time with EM Publishing and make that? Uh, your day so, job 
Do you know what? I don't know when it was exactly. That would have been early 2000s. I took the big risk, yeah. left my job at the well, time. Well, time's a contract, so you don't have to know the exact date, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I was doing a call centre job at the time. I left that um, and started doing the site full time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was really like living hand to mouth with nothing at the time. Oh, wow. So it was, mm-hmm. it was a real struggle for a lot of years. Um, you know, obviously barely make, making the bills or anything like that. Um, so I probably shouldn't have gone full time. <laughs> but I guess it worked out in the end. And then, you know, it just very slowly and gradually grew over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, where it is now, it's, um, you know, it's doing, it's doing well now. It's enough to pay, you know, people's salaries and, you know, yeah. make a living, a full time living for them and yeah. publish yeah. big hardcover books and have big, amazing books. So yeah, it worked out all right in the end. Yeah, that's that's awesome to hear. I mean, I think a lot of people that work in the games industry definitely it starts out being like a side hustle, then maybe mm. something they do part time with the aspiration of moving to full time. I mean, that's how I started with um, EM Publishing. Mm. So in 2019, as a publishing administrator, and I was doing about it was like 10 hours a week. So I was doing other bits and pieces for other companies as well. And then over time, the company got to a place where it could have a full time employee. And I got, I had escaped and gone to somewhere else, but ended up being pulled. I came back because <laughs> yeah. you said I could do this show, so I did. <laughs> uh, is, this the, is this the only reason you came back to do this show? Yes, one hundred percent. There's no other reason. I just, I wanted to sit here and specifically speak to these twenty-two people we're speaking to now <laughs> and do that. Thanks very much for coming. A couple of people have joined, so just to say, this is not D and D. Please feel free to ask questions and make comments as we go and talk uh, through. So feel free to jump in, and we will uh, pop up your questions on the screen. Uh, so if you ever want to say hello free. Yeah. yeah and we'll try and answer the questions as well if, if you have any for us um so yeah so okay that's time that's a little bit about you unless anyone has any um questions for us about working in the games industry and em world and publishing and stuff like that uh, i might move us on to talk about the thing that we all came here to talk about today <laughs> which <laughs> Are you laughing? It's the awfully <laughs> cheerful engine. Uh, so this is the game we're talking about today. So yes, we have a pretty copy of the book here. Mm. Um, so shall I roll the video to get us started in that? And yeah. then we'll jump into talking yeah. about it. Okay, let me figure out how to do this. Here we go. Boom. So that wow. was the awfully cheerful engine. That's uh, so, very, very good. Whoever made yeah. it must be very, very handsome and clever. Was it you? Did you make that? 
Okay. <laughs> okay, so that was like a brief kind of intro into the Official Engine with like pretty pictures and give us a sense for the setting and stuff. But um, so if you had to give your elevator pitch, which you presumably did when we did the Kickstarter back in June, was it June 2021, July? Maybe. In the summer of 2021 when the Kickstarter came out. What happened during the pandemic? I mean, time just kind of conflated and expanded like this kind of wibbly wobbly weird thing. I've got no idea what anything was. <laughs> it was the summer of 2021 when the Kickstarter came out. Uh, so what was the elevator pitch for the Awfully Cheerful Engine? So if I said, Ross, in like 60 seconds, tell me what the Awfully Cheerful Engine is. So and I, it, I'm timing my, now. My 60 seconds start now. So yeah, they started it like five seconds ago. Okay. Okay, so if I just waste enough time, I don't have to talk for 60 seconds. Is that how it works? Well, it's it's a it's a long live stream, man. You're going to keep talking <laughs> for a while. <laughs> right, so, so um, Awfully Cheerful Engine is a tabletop role-playing game designed to be rules light mm -hmm. and focusing on action comedy. So um, if you think about um, uh, sort of cartoon animals, um, um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, or um, well, if you just look at the cover, you've got sort of robots and dinosaurs and elves and any kind of genre you want, you can pretty much play with the Orpheus Cheerful Engine. And it's designed for kind of one shots, live streams. Uh, if you're playing in a campaign and the GM's away for a couple of weeks, pick up your Orpheus Cheerful Engine and maybe play through Spirits of Manhattan or Montana Drones or something like that. So it's, it's designed for to be, you know, it's easy and quick enough to learn that you can pick it up play it your character sheet is the size of a credit card it's that simple and it's super super fast to learn and it's just you, you, when you play this game you just spend the whole time laughing it's fun so not like a dark gritty kind of setting so no no okay no. <laughs> well the name really misled me there being the awfully cheerful engine i thought yes, it was going to yeah, be like a gritty yeah. horror and i totally engine. didn't take the word ace and totally try to retrofit three words to fit that at all that totally no. did not happen see it's not like that's something you do with like what's old is new or something you know and just like it a few <laughs> <laughs> okay that's great so the amazing engine. at naming things and they will have it oh yeah nothing otherwise really do you want to tell us the name of your podcast this okay we had this discussion the other day so i'm going to bring everyone else into to the argument so what's the name of the podcast that some people the might podcast know Podcast is excellently named yes go on then the podcast probably has the best podcast name you could possibly have okay it has all the things that i like about a name it's I, really long yeah it's quite hard to remember yeah. It completely does not trip off the tongue. Right. Excellent. Good. It's impossible to Google. I mean, all the best, best possible things that you could have in a name. Okay. So my podcast is called Morris's Unofficial Tabletop RPG Talk. Wow, that's so simple. What do we think, everyone? Is that an excellent name for a podcast? It does, it does, it does um, what it says on the tin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyway, I, I can't talk much because I, I call this show not D&D, &D, but there we go. Um, but going back to the awfully cheerful engine. We're not allowed to discuss the whole URL kind of conversation we had. <laughs> yes, fine, because you brought it up on live and I can't say no now. So we, uh, so, 
so yeah, so Ian Live, which uh, this range of shows and live streams we're doing, which uh, not D&D is one of, uh, we're trying to think of a name for it. And we want it to be Ian something because we have Ian <clears throat> World and Ian Publishing. Uh, and I was trying to come up with a name for a, a long time. And um, I, I spoke to everybody. I was like, what should we do? You know, how, how should we do this? Um, and I came up with the Ian Live, uh, but the website was, was taken. So I put Ian Live RPG, which it says just above. You can see me there, ianliverpg.com. Great. No problem. What was the first thing you said, Russ, when I sent you the link? I was like, here's the new website. Ian Liver PG. Great. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. 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 And okay, I think clearly you're not the only person that spotted this, but you know, we we talk about RPGs and it's like Ian Live, we're live streaming. What do you want from me? I'm doing my best. Uh, there are plenty of companies with the same exact problem with their URLs. Yeah. I do apologize. I got something just in my eye, which is excellent during a live stream. So if you see me just kind of doing that, I apologize if I'm triggering anyone, but um, yeah, this happens when you go live. Um, yes, hello. We have new people joining us. So welcome. So we are not D&D. So we're talking about tabletop games today that aren't D&D. Mm -hmm. And today we're specifically, we're talking about the awfully cheerful engine. So um, talking about Ace, uh, Russ, while I get the thing out of my eye, <laughs> could you tell us a little bit about what inspired you to write this and also about the foreword that we have in the um, in the book? In the book, yes. In the book. Uh, well, because it's a comic. I was going to call it a comic book because it's comic yeah. book size, isn't it? Sorry, so all of these are sort of like 30 pages, each uh -huh. issue. So, okay, so what inspired it? It was um, originally. Um, one of my favorite games, possibly my favorite non-D&D RPG, was um, the Ghostbusters RPG from the 80s. I absolutely love that game. It's fantastic. Uh, and uh, Sandy Peterson was one of the creators of that game. So I can't, so this, this, um, that game very much inspired the RPG of Engine. It's kind of irreverent, it's kind of fun, it's fast, it's breezy. It's written in this kind of conversational, kind of jokey tone. It doesn't take itself too seriously. And that's exactly the kind of style I wanted to emulate with the Awfully Cheerful Engine. So the other thing I kind of wanted to do was to have things that were kind of bite-sized, easy to digest, very cheap, and allow me to sort of explore lots and lots of different genres. So what we did was we created a core rule book, which is a comic book sized um, uh, book. We've like made it look like a comic. It's got like an issue number on the front and everything. So the Awfully Cheerful Engine, you can see this tiny little thing. It's like 30 odd, kind of find it hard to do here on the screen, but 30 odd pages, brightly colored. And then each issue after that is a different adventure. So each, uh, each adventure will be a different theme. So it could be anything. So we've got Spirits of Manhattan, which pretty much is the sort of uh, uh, Ghostbusters tribute. Montana Drones and the uh, Raiders of the Cutty Sark. What's that a parody of? Oh, uh, I've no idea. <laughs> uh, one called Strange Science, you know, with a sort of that's kind of Back to the Future cross with Stranger Things. Uh, Beam Me Up, what could that possibly be? I don't know. Orcs and Oubliettes, which is kind of Platitesque kind of, you know, D&D &D kind of parody. Yeah, There's a couple nice. more which I haven't actually got the co copies of here, but we've also got uh, Domes of Thunder, yes. which is like post-apocalyptic mayhem. Um, uh, what else have we got? We've got um, Bite Me, Bite me. which is yep. vampires. vampires. And um, the last one, well, the next one we've got coming out is, what's the next one we've got coming out? Uh, the one that's fun to pronounce. 
So accidentally anthropomorphic animal heroes. Accidental best name. Anthropomorphic animal heroes, which is you know, um, you want to play a talking turtle or a uh, a mouse detective. A mouse detective, gosh. Yeah, it's not actually Danger Mouse, but you know. Yeah, so none of these are actually, they're all parodies. We don't actually have a Ghostbusters license. We're just doing this very tongue-in-cheek and cheeky Mm. because we can. (laughs) I see Ben Rogers in the chat has said, what is your favourite Ace issue so far, and why is it the one that I wrote? (laughs) I actually have in front of me right now, but... (laughs) Oh, he wrote, bite bite me. My favourite one probably is, to be honest, Spirits of Manhattan, I think. Um, Mainly because... That just goes back to the inspiration for the entire thing. It was written by Dave Chapman, that one, and it's hilarious to read. So that's probably probably my favourite of these. And it's a bumper-sized, double-sized, um, bumper-sized issue as well. Fair enough. Another cool thing about them is they're only four ninety nine each. They're really cheap. For the PDFs? For the PDFs, yeah. Yep. Uh, and just to do the plug for that, so if you do want to pick up any of those, you can get them at awfullycheerfulengine.com, where you can find out more information, although... Ask us here because you can chat. And also there's links to buy and bits and pieces there. Uh, But moving on uh, to a question that you kind of answered. So somebody asked, um, what's your favourite non-D&D system? Mm. And you kind of said it was the the Ghostbusters one. Yeah, I think think that game will always have a special, special place in my heart. I remember buying it. I was like a teenager at the time. I was I I wasn't really used to the idea of non-D&D RPGs at the time. I was so excited. Ghostbusters RPG. It was a box set. It looked amazing. Yeah. It was like D and D didn't come in. You know, AD and D was like hardcover, big hardcover books. This was a box set. And probably I'd recently seen Ghostbusters. I imagine it probably coincided with me seeing the film. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I was excited to pick that up. And uh, yeah, maybe it might be nostalgia. I don't know, but it always always be special for me that game. Yeah, definitely. And Sandy Peterson worked on that Ghostbusters game, which is why he did the kind of foreword before. Um, In in case everyone wasn't aware of like kind of who he was in the games industry, because I wasn't quite aware of the scale of it. um, He was involved with like Call of Cthulhu, wasn't he, in the beginning parts of that, as well as, you know, lots of other systems. So what, just to give some people an overview, if they don't know who, who he is... Um, what are the credits? Would he? Would he um, you, you, were, you were telling me about his video gaming because I'm not really familiar with his the video gaming side of his career because I'm not a big video gamer. Um, but you were telling me he worked on Doom and yeah. what, what was there? Yeah. So, um, so the original Sidmar's Civilization. He was like the fourth person name on that list. Uh, mm-hmm. He also was did Doom, which is the the classic game running around mm. uh and also uh age of empires mm. um a few other bits as well so he he's done like and also the um the latest big cthulhu board game you know the giant miniatures someone mm. in the comments t- remind me what that what's that, what's giant that miniature. yeah the mini well the minis are like this big. but that's because they are like to scale because they're real uh, but i mean like the, the miniatures of like the adventurers the people uh yes thank you mike uh, it's the cthulhu wars board game that has right, massive right. so sandy peterson who's more than that as well so he's done like rpgs board games um video games so he's done everything so he's quite impressed how did you get him 
to do this foreword for you? Uh, I just emailed him and said, will you do the foreword? And he emailed me back and said, yes, I will. It was oh, really? surprising. Oh, really? That I... is kind of 90% of how the RPG industry works. You just ask and people say yes or no. And more often than not, they say yes. That's quite cool. I didn't know if it was going to be some cool story. Like we met in a bar and, you know, yeah, you know I bought him a beer. And... Trying to play some sort of detective noir sort of music. And, uh, yeah. It was it was a dark night. It was a dark, shadowy night. I walked down the street in my trench coat and my trilby. My contact was at the bottom of the stairs. I could see him silhouetted against the light. I gave the password. <laughs> no, this is this is the story I wanted. This is this the story is you wanted. Unfortunately, it's not true. But yeah, but we're role players. We tell stories that aren't real. We sit in rooms and and, and do that. That's that's what we do. <laughs> Adults sit around table and play pretend. Uh, mm. Speaking of adults that sit in rooms and play pretend, we're always looking to invite new people to join the table. And mm. Sam asks, uh, is Ace a good entry-level game for those new to tabletop RPGs? Very, very, very much hope so, because that is exactly what I designed it to be. So, and, Yeah, I noticed the introduction. Yeah. yeah. So talking, talking of like that Ghostbusters game, just going back a little bit, I've got an mm. interesting bit of trick here for you. Did you know that that Ghostbusters game was the first ever dice pool role-playing game that's where the dice pool was invented oh really no i didn't know that yeah. so a dice pool obviously being where you rolled like a handful 46 5d6 10d6 whatever um uh, and you roll them as a, as a big handful of dice um oh. lots of games have done it since like the white wolf games and you know loads, loads of games have used dice pools ever since uh, the stuff the west end games star wars game but um yeah that ghostbusters game was the first ever Dice pool game. And I've always really liked dice pools, and dice pools featured in my What's All These New Game as well. You know, I'm a big fan of dice pool mechanics for some reason. They just work yeah. for me. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and this, of course, because it's kind of very much inspired by um, Ghostbusters, is also a yeah. dice pool game. Bit of trivia there that I did not know. Thank yeah. you for that. Yeah, um, but the question is yes, yes, it is a good yes. entry level game. I, I got clued into that by in the introduction, you have a section that says, it, what is a role-playing game? Mm. So why did you choose to kind of have that in and make it like so kind of, you know, entry level? Yeah, well, I mean, every every role-playing game has to have that section, obviously. And uh, depending on how big your role-playing game is, you've got more or less time to introduce what a role-playing game is and how to play a role-playing game, introduce the concept. Obviously, in like a 30-page comic book size format, you're limited in space because you want to get on with the subject matter. Yeah. Um, but... The reason I wanted it to be very good for an introductory role-playing game, because I really want people to be able to just pick it up and introduce people to it, pick it up cheaply, not mm-hmm. be intimidated by its size. It's not like yeah. three great big hardback books. It's just, you know, that. Yeah. Um, you know, you see it, the way we're going to display it, for example, at conventions is we're going to get a comic book, you know, those rotating comic book stands. Yes. And they're going to yeah. be one of those. So they're going to look like a rack of comic books. So they're going to be easy to pick up and browse and inviting. They're going to be cheap. Well, they are cheap. Um, and so, yeah, that's the idea. It's supposed to be like a bite-sized kind of way to dive in without any kind of sort of like great big learning curve or any, you don't have to do any homework first. You don't have to have yeah. a great big learning session. Making your character takes, what, a minute or something, two minutes. And that's... that's uh, instead of just saying it's so great, let's let's tell them, them why it is. So what is character creation in the Awfully Cheerful Engine? So uh, you have four stats. Mm-hmm. And your four stats are... 
I've got to remember them now. You have the book in front of you. <laughs> you can read it. Yeah. So the character sheet, what I really like about it is it is literally a credit card size thing. Yeah. You have kind of two descriptors, which I'll let uh, Russ get into, and then four quotes, and that's, that's it. Then you're ready to go. Uh, so it's all kind of about flavor, really. Um, but anyway, I'm speaking over you. You've got the book open. You now know the rules for the game that you wrote and invented. Off you go. So you've got four stats. And those four stats are smarts, which is how clever you are. Style, okay. which is kind of how cool you are, how charismatic you are, how stylish you are. So if I was making myself as a character, that would obviously be really high for me. So what sort of number would that be? Like, a, is that out of 10 yeah. or...? Stress, yeah. Uh, there's moves, which... Um, <laughs> Moving on, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, moves, which is, you know, how quick you are, how fast you are, how dexterous you are, when, yeah. how well you can drive, how well you can run, how well you can shoot, that sort of thing. And then you've got brawn, which is how tough you are, how strong you are, yeah. how physical you are. So that's your four stats. So these are really broad kind of stats. So the idea that you can, and in this game, we call the the GM the director. Mm. So it feels more like a, an action TV yeah. show sort of thing. So, yeah. um, so are they just what you can convince the director is applicable? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. The director, director will decide what ability applies. And then of course, okay. when you, each of these stats has a value, it might be something like two, three, four, or five. It's in that sort of region. And that's okay. how many dice you roll. Great, yeah. When you use that ability. And it's that simple. So the director might say, you want to bash that door down, make a brawn roll, and your brawn might be three, so you roll three dice. That's it. And That's it's D6 dice. It's D6, yeah. 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 And we don't even say D6s in the game either. We say dice because all the way there, to to unjargon the entire thing definitely and i think that's as well makes it accessible for people as well because like people if you're new to tabletop role playing you you might not have the set of all the the funky yeah. dice yeah. as some of my friends that don't play it say but <laughs> you'll probably have like some six-sided dice you'll have seen that when you play monopoly or something so yeah, yeah. well the same thing right? another part of making it an entry-level game really easy to pick up is not requiring people to get hold of obscure or, i don't know what obscure dice but you know Unfamiliar. <laughs> yeah. Everybody has six-sided dice around, or if they haven't, they're easy to get hold of. And if you say a dice to someone, they know what you mean when you're talking yeah. about six-sided dice. Mm -hmm. So that's just part of the sort of entry-levelness of the thing. I think that made sense. It made yeah. sense to me. It definitely does. So creating a character, so you have those four kind of stats that yes, you have there. You do have um, and then you have two other elements to it as well. Can you talk yes. us through those? Yeah, so you have a trait, which might be uh, curious or brave or gullible or uh, it's like an adjective and is about 30 odd traits or you can make up new traits. Um, so you have a trait and you have a role and your role could be like uh, you could be a gullible dog or a brave astronaut or a, a curious detective or a or a, uh, I can only I, I can only think of three um, adjectives. There are only three adjectives in the world. Yes. It's, it's yeah, yeah. I mean, as a writer, that's fair that you you'd only need three. Yeah. So and like the the roles, there's like talking animals and there's um, careers and there's fantasy roles like goblins and orcs and elves and wizards and ninjas, and then there's um, sci-fi roles. You know, there's you know. Roles can be pretty much anything. It could be what you would think of as a race in D and D, or it could be a career, or it could be, you know, it could be anything. Your role in the game is that. So you could be like a creepy goblin if you wanted, or something. 
Yeah, you can be a creepy goblin. Yeah, exactly. Excellent. Who doesn't want to be that? You wouldn't want to be a creepy goblin. Yeah. Exactly. So, okay. <laughs> so your role will give you one ability, one special ability. Mm-hmm. Um, so like a, a ninja. So you're a ninja. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a ninja, your special ability might be, I haven't got it in front of me, it's probably something like you can turn invisible for a minute. Or something, something like that. Something like and and the, 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 the game has a list of abilities that you can, yeah, you can pick, yeah. or you can the make one, your own. Yeah. The one ability. It'll be like, like yeah. basically, yeah, you won't have a big old character sheet full of different things you can do. You'll be... Yeah, because it's credit card size, the character sheet. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah. So yes, for example, you could be a dangerous mouse. A dangerous <laughs> mouse, yes. For example, yes. you could be a dangerous mouse, yeah. Yes, yeah. and I, uh, you know, people agree with me. Everyone wants to be a creepy goblin, so. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, anyway. many of us are creepy goblins. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's it kind of for character creation, isn't it? So you have your descriptor that gives you your ability. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you get anything from the, the second part there? Great. So uh, the other mechanic is you have something called karma. Okay. Now, karma is like an expendable resource that you can spend to do a bunch of wacky things. Mm-hmm. So you can, when something, you know, doesn't go your way, you can make spend a karma to re-roll, or you can spend a karma to do a flashback scene, or you can spend karma to do various things. But as you spend that karma, they start to, you know, deplete throughout the game, and you're going to want to get those back. And they can be used to absorb damage as well. So, you know, if you fall off a building, you can spend a karma, and you happen to land in a haystack. Okay. So that's what karma does. That gets depleted throughout the game as you use it. To replenish Mm -hmm. the karma, what you need to do is use your trait. So if I did, if I'm a creepy goblin, if I act especially creepy, (laughs) why did you say creepy? That's a really bad one. Sorry. Yeah, I did. I just. Sorry. (laughs) I'm a creepy goblin. I saw Um, someone in the chat and it came to mind. So. Um. What was I? Oh, yeah. Um, if I, especially creepy, the director might say, okay, you get a bonus, uh, you get a karma back for being especially creepy. You get rewarded for being creepy, which okay. doesn't sound like right. so uh, that. reminds me a little bit of Fate, if anyone's played that. So, because that's that Fate points work a little bit like I'm given, I'm given to understand that people have played that, yeah. I, okay. I, I, should we move on from that? I, I feel like I touched a nerve, so sorry. I'm not <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah, okay. So that's so that's kind of it for character creation then. So you've mm. just got those things. Excellent. And then so that's the kind of first chapter. There's three chapters in the book. So that's the first chapter is creating it, which is that mm. section. Then we have the how to play, um, mm-hmm. which is kind of D6 dice pool, really, isn't it? It's kind of some dice, hit a target number, you don't. Yeah, yeah. so Great. So that sounds quite easy. So it's quite easy to actually run as well. So if you're wanting, if you've not run a game before and you want to pick something up and and do that, mm. maybe that's something I should do actually. Uh, in, maybe. About it. <laughs> uh, and then the third chapter. You could be demoing the awfully cheerful engine. Maybe I will. Yes. Maybe we're going, will. So we're going to the Games Expo this summer. So um, if you're going along as well, let us know and pop by the stand and say hello. And uh, yeah, we'll be running some games. Maybe I'll be running some awfully cheerful engine, apparently. Um, but yeah. So going back to the book, so chapter one is creating your hero. Chapter two is how to play, which is very brief and simple because it's it's quite simple. Uh, and chapter three is kind of extra bits. And is that more just like how to kind of run the game? And it had like some standard kind of stats for like baddies and things like that in it. Yeah, yeah. So monsters and baddies and foes, basically a credit card size again with similar, you know, stats, four stats and an ability. So they're pretty similar, very easy to use. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have mooks in there, which are a type of um, 
uh, we call we call monsters extras, by the way, because we've got the director is the GM. Oh, the, uh, okay. Role. So it's it's all so it's, it's like you're in an action comedy film kind of like. Yeah, and I love that because I do for people that don't play role playing games, I do describe to them as like think of your favorite film or TV show. You get mm-hmm. to be in it and yeah, exactly. walk around and, in that and world. And what happens as well? Oh, yeah, and you get to decide what happened. You're not just doing a script; you're in there kind yeah. of making yeah. the story so we're sitting in a room yeah. telling stories together so yeah. um yeah so all the monsters basically credit card size monsters tap box very very simple very 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 easy to use and then we had the mooks which are mm-hmm. basically um your kind of generic monster which the heroes are supposed to be able to just plow through and show off and feel really heroic and you know just mow the way through all the mooks so they all just die with one hit you know they just got like one health they'll all go down with one hit and cool. um, they're, they're just there to let, let you feel heroic, let you feel awesome. Yeah, excellent. We all need that moment in a role playing game. That's why we exactly. play them. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so that, that's and so this is um, <laughs> so this is uh, the first issue, the one we've just been talking about. But as you mm. mentioned earlier, all the different issues have different themes to them. Mm. So do you, you need the first one, and then you just pick whatever themes kind of. Yeah, you yeah like. so the first one is the only compulsory one. You need mm. that because that's not the rules book. So issue number one mm. is the rules. Yeah. All of the other issues are adventures. Yeah. And each adventure will introduce anything new that you might need to play that particular adventure. Mm-hmm. So whether you know, if you're playing, I don't know, Orcs and Ubiets, which is this one, it might yeah. introduce a few new fantasy roles that you could take or, uh, you okay. know, a few fantasy bits of equipment and stuff like that. So each will have a little bit of extra stuff that you can add to your game to theme it. Awesome. Uh, and then each of these is also an adventure. So you just play through this, you know, adventure. And the adventure written in for you, so you don't have to create your own. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah, yeah. Cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the first half of each of these is basically a little source book. So yeah. we'll talk about new character roles and uh, your equipment or whatever, whatever is suitable to that particular genre. And then the second half of each one is an adventure pre-written for you. Nice. So if I went to run a really lazy game, I can just do it straight out of the book as well. Yeah, yeah. And the that's what I'll do at the UK Games Expo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's what it's designed for. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly it's, like that's what it had in mind. Yeah, it was exactly designed for Jess to run at UK Games Expo. That is why I wrote it. There we go. We have it sorted there. Mm. It's good to know. Well, I have to given do that, that now. Given that you refused point blank to run any games last time we did at UK Games Expo. <laughs> <laughs> you, you still hired me back after I left, so it can't be that bad. Uh, we had such excellent other GMs there, so we didn't didn't. We I didn't did. step on anyone's toes. Yeah, so, exactly. Um, yeah. But um, so we've already talked about the price of these, so they're quite reasonable. Um, mm-hmm. But as everybody is uh, turned up here, and we expected three people to be here and there that is the average in excess of 20. Yes, yeah. as we learned in the podcast. Uh, but there is an excess of 20. Shall we um, give these people a special discount so they can they can buy the Awfully Cheerful Engine at, say, 50% off? I guess we will, because we just did. <laughs> okay, so I'm putting the code in here. So this is a unique uh, code that will only last for uh, today. So you have, like, but a mere hours, and it's limited for people just watching this stream. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you'd like to pick up the Awfully Cheerful Engine, engine the first issue for just, I, I think it's put it for, like, just $5 for a fiver uh, to get the soft cover version, so if you'd like that, uh, and perhaps come and run it at the UK Games Expo that we seem to be talking about all the time. Um, 
uh, yeah, so I've put the link in the chat there. It's also up on the screen, but it's in the chat, so you can just copy and paste it um, instead of having to like type that out because it's a. I appreciate that's a weird. There is another exciting way you could get them as well. There is another exciting way you can get it not for fifty percent off, but you could also just get it for free for absolutely wow. free. And I will tell you for how. Uh, so, uh, as mentioned, Russ does a podcast. Uh, I was on the episode last week, uh, so all the reason to go listen to it even more. Uh, and if you write in and ask a question um, and uh, Russ answers it on the podcast, uh, then we'll send you a free copy. Hmm. So you can get it free. And the details there. Yeah, so, so we've, we've um, got a brand new segment on the podcast, mm -hmm. which we haven't named yet. But we might call it Awfully Cheerful Questions, I think. We might go with awfully cheerful questions. Okay. And what happens is we will attempt to answer one question a week from a listener. It can be on any topic as long as it's, you know, tabletop RPG related. We're not qualified to give you medical advice, so don't ask us about that. But yeah. if it's tabletop RPG related, we will attempt to answer it. And whoever it is we pick each week to answer their question will get a free soft cover copy. They will get this 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 is what they will get this thing here not this exact one i'm keeping this one but one exactly like excellent and so we'll send yeah. that out to you and it'll get to them pretty in like a week or two or so so it's quite quick yeah it? well the first the first time we did this was just this week or last week friday yeah and, and already, <laughs> yeah friday yeah and uh, yeah so um I, did, I mentioned it on twitter so a couple of people asked questions and we picked one and that person already has a copy of that on his way to there we go. So, uh, yeah, so you can do that with the hashtag Awfully Cheerful Question on Twitter uh, or on uh, the Facebook groups we have, or you can email um, the email there. So you can mm. type that in there. Uh, we can give you legal advice, but it will not be useful. Or <laughs> um, I may or may not be a lawyer. One of those two things. Were you, were you a lawyer before you worked in RPGs? I was not a lawyer before I worked in RPGs. Or was <laughs> No, I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so I think um, we've talked a lot about the Awfully Cheerful engine, um, which mm. is excellent, which is the meat of what we came here to do. So if you have any questions about that, please ask us now. Um, but we're going to move on uh, to a different section of the show now, which we have every week where we discuss a, a topic uh, related to RPGs. And this week we're having uh, a very difficult question, uh, which is how to find a party. How to find a group? Um, so I know a party, uh, like as in a D and D and D party. This is not D and D, so a group. So that's why I changed it to group because I'm slick like that, and no one noticed either. So no. I got away I with that. <laughs> no one noticed. It's fine. Um, so we're talking about how how you find uh, a group of people to play RPGs with. Um, so I know a lot of people uh, watch actual plays online. Like it's been like seven years of Critical Role, wasn't it? Just last week, mm. um, and a lot of people have watched that and been like, "That looks like great fun. I want to join in and get involved in that." And that is kind of the question. Um, so I wanted to kind of know how if people watching uh, could write down where they found their groups. Um, mm. So that would be interesting to kind of crowdsource for the people here. Uh, but I was going to talk about a few. Op I was going to talk about for me how I found role-playing games in general, and then some other different ways that people can, um, can find a group. So if you're looking to play uh, and want to play maybe the Awfully Cheerful Engine, uh, you can do so. Um, so for me, I um, I did it at the kind of 
I think it's a bit of an old school way, I found an RPG club. So a shout out to my local club in Bournemouth, which is Bournemouth Berserkers, uh, which I went to. And I'd never played role playing games before. I played some Hero Quest as a child. And I'd like kind of found that in the attic and dusted it off um, when I was on a family holiday. And I was like, this is fun. I need more of this. And so I kind of Googled. What's that? Did it belong to then? The Hero Quest copy? Yeah. It was my childhood copy. I still have it. It's oh, oh, I see. I'm sorry. I thought you meant you found it yeah. when you were a kid. Yeah, okay. I found it again. No, I had it as a child. Uh, it was my yeah. copy. And then as an adult, when I was in my 20s, early 20s somewhere, yeah. I found it in the attic and we played a few games. I was like, oh, this is fun. Uh, and then uh, so I went on there and um, played my first ever role-playing game, which was a World of Darkness hack, kind of zombies <laughs> game. Which is great because I love a bit of survival horror. Mm. And then, yeah, that and that role playing club, I was there for a number of years. Uh, yeah, there's someone else from Bournemouth Berserkers here as well. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, if you are in a uh, club as well, um, please do, you know, put them out here so we can shout out because I think clubs are a great way to kind of meet people. And shout out, out my friend in the coffee club as well, then, in that case. Yeah. Southampton Guild of Royal Players. Peter Coffey, who is my co-host on my podcast every weekend, also runs the local, and um, I believe it's got like 40 or 50 members. It's, uh, it's going really, really well. And mm-hmm. I don't know what it's doing during the pandemic. I assume it's kind of Moved online. online, maybe. Uh, but yeah, um, he, he runs the Southampton Guild of Royal Players, which is a mm-hmm. great, great club. Definitely, definitely. If you're in Southampton or the area, that's a great way to get introduced yeah. to new people. But I think there's uh, clubs all over the all over the place, really. So I think if you just you know Google your kind of your town or area yeah. and RPG club, you you might you might strike gold with that. Um, used to be. Definitely. What's that? Sorry. That kind of wasn't a thing, as far as I could remember when I was like discovering. Back in your day. Would I have known? I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't. Have. Maybe they were there, and I didn't know because I didn't have the secret password. Definitely. So, uh, meeting a um, uh, you know kind of RPG clubs is definitely would be my recommendation. So that's how I found, and it really escalated because um, it escalated into kind of a whole career. And along the way, I did open a board game cafe called <laughs> Coffee and Dice, <laughs> which is where Sam uh, first started role playing, apparently. Um, and so I think also your friendly local gaming stores, generally those have become real hubs for meeting up and playing games because mm. they're keen to kind of, you know, to showcase what RPGs are because then you can buy your books from that. So it works very nicely with that. So um, so I definitely think uh, local game stores, conventions, as I mentioned before, um, so uh, they're fantastic and you get loads of rpg and gaming conventions kind of everywhere you can research them we in the uk are going to um the uk games expo and dragon meet this year we're kind of taking it a bit slow because of this whole plague thing that's mm. happened um but uh yeah but next year we'll be doing a lot more conventions as well so hopefully we'll see people out and about there so conventions around there and the other thing i had for meeting people in person is to become a gm yourself if if, if you're wanting to give it a go and you've got a group of friends that want to give it a go, none of you have ever played games, the stakes are really low because they're not going to know if you're doing it wrong. If you're they GMing. Of course, so much at least they will know you're doing it wrong. Don't, why would you say that? I tried to just lower the bar. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so those are kind of my uh, in, in sort of person uh, ways I was doing it. But also, um, as people have said... Uh, online is an excellent way you can always game online because it doesn't matter where your location is as well so you mm. so if you live somewhere really rural 
you can still get online and play or perhaps if you can't travel to get there for, for whatever reason um and uh steph's mentioned their roll 20 uh is mm. great so roll 20.net has um I've got an excellent banner here that will show up there. So Roll20 is really great. So it has a finder group option. So you can click on that and then people that are running games and want players, you can scroll through them and pick out the game you want, which is fab. Um, Warhorn.net as well also does a similar thing. So you can just go on there and scroll through and look through a range of different games that are looking for players. And you can filter and specify specific specific things lost that word there uh so if you want to play a particular genre or a particular system or you want to play with like certain types of people or you know you can specify that in there which is really good um someone else mentioned as well have you've got um forums so someone else found uh their players in en world forums so there is a uh, gamers seeking gamers forum on there where people still post and i checked and someone you know, a few days ago had posted looking for a group. So that's still kind of an active active space on there. So gaming forums. There's also Meetup, RPG Table Finder, look for a group. So there's lots of places online where you can try and find a table um, if you're willing to kind of do that online uh, instead of being in person as well. So that was kind of my summary for it. I guess I was going to say, Russ, how did you find your groups? But it sounded like probably when you were in school, you were just like yeah. in the playground. So yeah. when I was in school, and I don't remember how that happened. I, I think one of my friends just brought a game into school and whacked it down on the table and said, let's do this at lunchtime. And we all just went, yeah, all right. <laughs> so I think Little that- Did you know how much that would change the course <laughs> of your life? So I think I think that's how that happened, but I wouldn't swear to it. Later, so when I finished school, I went off to uni and stuff and stopped playing for about two or three years. Because, you know, when you're at university, you've got important things like drinking to do instead. And then... You can do both at the same time. You can also do coursework and exams, but, you know, allegedly. <laughs> yeah. After that, um, the people I was living with after that um, I don't know how it happened to be that they all happened to be role players. Honestly, you I do don't know how. Gather know nerds how that, around you. Maybe, maybe happen. it's just sort of like attracts like, and you just end up hanging around with nerdy people, and they happen. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, so you know, we were all kind of living together, and there was like loads of us, and um, we started up a group guild yeah a few years ago and um and that group basically has had people come and go over the years so it's definitely not the same group now that it was then but it, the group itself has it's kind of like the old um what do we call it ship thing what was it the ship where you replace all the bits is it still the same ship oh yeah yeah, yeah. i know what you're talking about but i I'm can't totally remember what it is and someone in the comments you. someone in the comments will know it's yeah i'm sure yeah, yeah. Yeah. so yeah so basically there's, there's a couple of people that were in it back then still but basically people have kind of come and gone over the years but the group has consistently pretty much played every week every couple of weeks for 20 odd years now it's amazing More that, that is really nice and quite rare yeah. i know a lot of people really want to get games going and they start a game and then I think it's tricky because you know we're all adults we have jobs and schedules and families and you know other commitments so it's hard to kind of make the time yes Theseus yeah that's the one Theseus yeah. that's not I knew yeah. I was like we're on, we're on the internet if we say something wrong someone will tell us or correct us it's yeah. like... <laughs> that, is, that is the way you get responses on Twitter say something wrong and you'll get a thousand responses 
or make a typo or something in what you say, or just get one fact wrong in what you say, and you'll get tons of engagement. Well, there we go. Noted. I'll do that on our social media page. So if you see spelling mistakes on our social media, I've done it on purpose just to Mm. trigger you into reaction. Um, uh, But anyway, (laughs) so... um, yeah, so uh, some other people were saying other places to find RPG groups, which is there's a, a Reddit for people looking for it there, which is um, LFG looking for game. And people have also said there are great discords, um, and you know, of the particular publishers or streamers that have those communities around mm-hmm. them. Um, but yeah, so I think that's kind of um, hopefully given people, if you are looking for a group somewhere to kind of go with that. Um, but yeah, uh, so the last thing on our kind of schedule, because we're coming up, nearly to the top of the hour again uh, where we'll end the stream so if you, yeah i told well, you but it didn't oh well it flies when you're having fun uh, yeah. doesn't it um so <laughs> uh well yeah I so I, I we, we talked about doing the stream earlier and russ said are we really gonna spend an hour talking about this i was like yes i can a hundred percent spend an hour talking about rpgs no problem we'll find stuff to talk about if we if we run out talking about awfully cheerful engine um but the last topic i wanted to talk about is we've kind of touched on this a little bit is kind mm-hmm. of favorite rpgs um other than the ones we've been discussing that's not mm-hmm. D is the role not- um, you've kind of said Ghostbusters, yes. so do you want to pick out another one you have? Um, just to put you on the spot, make you think about it. Uh, at the moment, I am quite enamoured with Free League's Alien RPG. Okay. That is awesome. Um, hmm. like, I've got, I've got like a library upstairs with like a thousand games in there, of which I've played like ten. Because, oh, yeah. you know, that's a real <laughs> shelf of shame like <laughs> over 900 I, books i like reading rpgs i don't know why but i like reading rpgs i'm quite happy to buy one to read I know, uh, I know a lot of people that do that actually i'm not well, that person for me it's like I'm, i maybe i'm weird but um for me with rpgs half of the hobby is playing the rpgs half of it is collecting and tinkering with and writing and doing prep work for and it's like people who play warhammer half the hobby is buying and painting miniatures and they like doing that and for me it's kind of like that with with rpgs yeah fair enough so it's not just about the play it's the whole thing around rpgs that i like fair enough um my got some people in the chat sharing their favorite rpgs that are not tabletop RP, uh, they're not dungeons and dragons they are tabletop rpgs <laughs> oh getting too many in the words there. uh so that is not D. um so yeah for, for me at the moment um one that i played that i really enjoyed was uh, mothership um mm. they have their kickstarter which they're fulfilling uh and i played that with some friends uh, as a one shot and it was really great fun i got to play a really cold unfeeling robot with very mm. kind of glados vibes in my mind and, and also a touch of I can't do that, Dave, um, mm-hmm. which is great to just freak everyone out on the table and be uh, that way. <laughs> uh, so I really enjoy that. And we, I've got another game of that coming up in a few months as well, where a bunch of friends were going to meet up and do a load of one shots. Um, so that's really good. Um, what other game I'd like to call out then is a game called yeah. Dread, which was introduced to me by my friend Kevin Culp, who I've seen in the chat. So he's, he's around, but um, years, years ago. Um, so it uses a Jenga tower 
as the uh, game resolution mechanic. Have you every- read ahead? Do you know that they're our guests next week? Are they? Yes. Excellent. <laughs> did Beautiful. you actually not know? No, I did, not, did not know that. So. Carry on with your brief summary, but this segues oh. really nicely into the <laughs> ending. I had no idea. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, I see. Uh, I see. Dave said dread. Not not, not that dread. Not not as in just dread. Dread as in D R E A D, which as in, is like the horror of the situation. Yeah. So the uh, core resolution mechanic is a Jenga tower. Yeah. So when you try and do something, you've got to take a block out the Jenga tower, and that, especially coupled with like the horror theme, can make it really, really, really tense to play. I mean, there's no. I don't think there's any mechanic I've ever seen which. Yeah just ratchets up the tension in a tabletop RPG the way a dread Jenga tower does. Exactly, yeah. And, and I was so cool. I saw that a number of years ago and we played it and it was great as a one-shot. And it and it's just really fun. Uh, and it does actually build the tension really nicely. Mm. Um, and I'm so that's so funny you mentioned that because I don't think you knew next week's guest. Um, so I'm going to segue into it. So next week's guest, we are talking about this game system Dread uh, that Russ just uh, talked about there. Um, so it uses a Jenga tower as the main mechanic. Um, so we're going to speak to uh, Ebediah about that, the writer and who wrote that. He's going to come on. And the topic is going to be uh, building tension in your horror games. Um, mm. So obviously we're going to talk about how that's done in Dread with the Jenga tower. But we're going to talk about other ways uh that we can do that um so this kind of wraps us up really nicely to the end of the show um so first of all i want to say to everybody that came and watched thank you so much for coming to watch because i really thought it was going to be me russ and my mum <laughs> and, and it wasn't uh, so thank you so much uh if you enjoyed the show please uh share it and and tell people about it and come and watch uh next week as well um so we'll be running um running yeah sure running this is like running a game. Uh, it'll be happening every Monday from now until I get fired. Um, (laughs) Yeah, you can. uh, So we're streaming on wherever you're watching now. We'll be streaming there again. Uh, You can also keep up to date with what the show notes are on social media or on enliverpg.com. So social media isn't for you. We have our website, which hasn't come to our calendar. Enliverpg. Uh, so thank you so much for coming along everybody uh, I hope you just a reminder that you do have that discount code and that will just be for today and it is limited um, just for kind of a small number of people that were here so if you do want to get Awfully Cheerful Engine for just a five of the soft cover uh, if you pop on to drive through RPG and the links are also in the chats uh, go and help yourself uh, Russ is there anything you came to say that you didn't get the chance to say put me on the spot why don't you yeah um I I know. I know. This is not D and D. That is our D and D book. <laughs> look at the size of that as well. Look. So that that is Level Up, which is our advanced fifth edition, which is shipping at the moment. But that is compatible with fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons, and so we're not going to talk about that here today. But if you would like to talk about that. On the 17th of March, we're doing an EM publishing live stream where we're going to talk about level up systems. So if you do want to talk a bit of D&D uh, on the 17th, if you take a look uh, on EM live, you can come and watch that. Uh, and that'll be quite an informal kind of hangout there. I can't remember the time off the top of my head because I'm professional that way. Uh, but it is on our social media and on the website there. Um, so uh, on that note, I think uh, we're going to head off. Russ, thanks so much for coming. And uh, you know, being a guest on the show, you kind of had to because you know 
you're the boss. So <laughs> yeah, I was so kind of told <laughs> rather than invited. Yes, and also we have a plug for the uh, podcast there as well, uh, so you can check out uh, the archives on there for if you want to hear talk about Level Up. All right, thank you very much. I hope you all enjoyed the show, and uh, we're going to end the broadcast now. Thank you very much. Bye.